Right now that time, 1030, you're tuned to WGNS again on this Thursday morning. Today, the 6th of October. And this morning, we are joined by State Representative Mike Sparks. Mike, good morning to you. Hey, Scott. How you doing? I'm good. So what all is happening in your area and throughout the state as far as politics well, go? Well, yeah, you know, we all got elections going on, and I, I think uh, things are going to look good for Republicans uh, come next month, uh, especially with with the rising gas prices and um, folks that want to defund law enforcement and, uh, and other areas out there that are point of contention with a lot of, a lot of folks. Um, but sorry I couldn't come into the studio. I, I don't know if you know, I text Brian. I'm, my mother, you know, I've been taking care of my 92-year-old mom and trying to keep her out of a nursing home. She failed, broke her hand yesterday, and uh, well, day before yesterday we had to take her to the ER. So she's getting to where uh, she's really winding down, having to have wheel her to the to the bathroom, help her get the bathroom, and um, um, and uh, been kind of rough. But but that's kind of what I wanted to get into here. We had um, speaking of health care and care for for the uh, aging and 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 even disabled. Um, you've heard us talk about reference-based pricing. You've had Ralph Weber. CEO of Metabid on the radio, Dr. Krause, has had us both on. And even, uh, speaking of Dr. Krause, even his daughter, Jennifer Krause, with News Channel 5, she's an investigative reporter, she even started looking into um, into this issue. Uh, many of us in the state legislature asked for an audit of the state's health care plan. Uh, it came back, and there was some overcharges, about $1.4, $1.5 uh, million. Uh, we think reference-based pricing um, could help increase transparency and help could help lower uh, the cost of health care that even though you may not be part of the state plan, the taxpayers are, are funding it. So we had the task force study last week. Ralph called in, uh, former GovOps chairman Martin Daniel called in, uh, and he's, he was the one that Jennifer Krause interviewed on the audit. Uh, and uh, if you look back, the task force report is, is how we use that to tackle the issue of childhood sexual trauma that you kind of helped lead. And from that study, from all that discussion, that further led to legislation and, uh, and, and a focus on an area that we need to focus on, which is, in many cases, uh, could be prosecution, but it also uh, could be more counseling and therapy for those uh, victims. And this, as you know, this is an issue that goes undiscussed in many uh, facets of life, but it's a big issue that affects um, affects an individual. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Tasser report, whenever you hear a lawmaker talk about the Tasser report, there are multiple reports out there, but these are reports put together by, I, I assume, a team of lawyers who go in, they study with an unbiased approach, they study whatever yes. the case may be, before a law is actually made and, and many times after the study is released and lawmakers take a look at it and get a better understanding of whatever the situation is, they'll either move forward with putting together a law or they'll move away from the idea of putting a law together altogether. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, the, the, you know, kind of the method of my madness, if you will, is that, you know, we as uh, lawmakers, there's so many areas out there that, that, there may be 1,500 bills that get presented um, every session, and um, you, you can't focus 
on all those bills, especially with the short time we're in session from January to to May. And then a lot of folks want to get out a little early because, you know, they've got elections, you know, to get out there. You know, we run every every two years, so you're constantly having to run for re-election. Uh, and, but you never get to really study your cost. And one thing I've often talked about is, is Dr. Deming. A lot of folks, especially those that worked at Nissan, like, like myself, we know what Kaizen is. And Dr. Deming, Nissan kind of drilled at us with uh, quality management and efficiency. And we never drilled down into the issue. Um, and Kaizen basically is a Japanese management philosophy for constant and never-ending improvement. So that's the great thing about TASR. You hear testimony. And when Donna... Uh, Colter uh, gave her testimony. You could tell about being uh, abused and uh, uh, in her own personal life. You could tell it it grabbed folks' attention. You know, um, and it's like this. Uh, and this is this is a neat thing about not say politics, but legislature. You know, I had a African American lawmaker out of Memphis. Me and him kind of had got into it education when I was talking about childhood behavior. He didn't like me using the term inner city. Well, I'm just talking about high density, inner city. I'm not meaning anything disparaging against the culture or anything. And, but this pastor study last week, he loved what I was doing. So he wants to carry a bill next year to advocate for pricing when it comes to CPT codes and healthcare uh, costs. In fact, I've got Ralph Weber, who hopefully will be on with us in a few minutes. Um, I told my assistant Marvin, I said, just get him the information, let him run the bill. So if I can get Democrats to talk about health care, talk about efficiency in government, to talk about um, lowering cost, uh, free market principles, I'm all about it. Cause, you know, my mother's situation, my sister in a nursing home, that ain't a Democrat Republican issue. That's a life issue, and I personally felt the brunt of it. I'm kind of nervous talking to you. My mom, you know, needing to go to the bathroom or something, she's in the far end of the house. But um, Tasker stands for Tennessee Advisor Council on Intergovernment Relations, and um, and and it's, it's Jeff Peach, attorney in Smyrna. He's on there. The mayor of um, of Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, Kevin Brooks is on there, and it's it's very diverse. Uh, so it's not you know a Republican only. It's it's bipartisan. It's made up mayors and attorneys, like you mentioned. Now, when it comes to health care here in Tennessee and really across the country, I think, sadly, we're going to see some major problems in the near future because it seems like a lot of those who are teenagers and their generation who are teenagers today, a lot of them don't get outside the way a lot of us used to. A lot of them yeah. stay inside on video games. They're not yeah. real good with social activities and social interaction, at least a big, a big percentage of them are in that situation where they're not good at social interaction. So what I'm getting to, down the road in the very near future, are we going to see an increased number of, I guess, deaths at an earlier age? Because right now we're at a point where we're seeing people live longer, but I think that could really turn around for this teenage yeah. generation that we're seeing right now who is so content at literally staying inside versus going outside. Well, we, I've, seen, I've seen a good example of that. And if folks think that that's, I mean, I think what you're saying is a reality. I don't think it fits every, um, obviously not all young people, but I've seen that, and, and I, I probably shouldn't point out the station, but um, you had one of the uh, assistant producers um, that helped me on, on my show, 
And the guy, I mean, the guy couldn't, he couldn't carry on a conversation. He's not there with you anymore. And, but then another guy could carry on a conversation. I asked the guy, I said, what's the difference? I said, I said, you know, y'all are the same age. What's, what's up with, what's up with that guy? Cause you know, it's like, okay, does he not like me? Does, is it, you know, it, it's like, no, nah, he's just, he's just that way. And he's just quiet. Don't have nothing to say. And I was like, he said, I think it's the next, that's generation. And I'm thinking, but you're part of that generation. You know what he tells me? He says, well, he said, I think, he says, that guy grew up with the, with the cell phone. He said, my parents didn't let me have a cell phone until I turned 18. And I think you may know the guy that I'm talking about. He's the one that is MTSU, and he wore the little um, the little winter-looking hat. You know what I mean? And yeah. he was working on the film um, with with MTSU. Um, great young man. He, I think he moved back to North Carolina. But I thought that was interesting. They're both the same age. He kind of blamed it on the cell phone about the other guy. So I, I think I think there is a potential for the, the area of mental health, I think, is, is where we're going to see. And we're already seeing it. We're already seeing those problems. You heard me mention Linda Gilbert, the former school superintendent, sent me about the behavior problems of the 6- to 9-year-olds. She said they're disorderly disruptive. And um, she said this is very alarming, you know, and sadly she passed probably a few weeks or a month after she mailed me the letter. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see some real changes in society in the years to come. Again, we're talking with State Representative Mike Sparks. But, yes, things are changing. I, I mean, left and right, things are changing every single yeah. day. The interaction of teenagers within the school system even. I, I mean, there yeah. are a lot of changes taking place. Well, for me, when you try to confront a problem, I mean, in business, you just you know what the problem is. You see the root of the problem. You know, you, you address it. In politics, with all this cancel culture correctness and the woke crowd, if you try, like me, using the word inner city, I'm not meaning anything about that. I just so Then I've got the thought police out there patrolling, and the word police, that's when I tell people, I even told Phil Williams, the First Amendment's under attack. Now, they may not, they may not see it from my perspective that the language police is dictating to us what words to use. And if you try to address the problem because this is an enemy when you see teachers that are quitting due to childhood behavior you're seeing bus drivers that may not want to drive because of children's behavior when you're seeing the prison population double double since i got elected even if you don't care and there's people let's face it, there's people they're in government right now they don't care about this issue they don't care but you know what they care about they care about the money and if you're a conservative which I am, and my fellow conservatives that sometimes I don't think care about mental health, don't care about substance abuse, don't care about the, the criminal justice problems. We're all paying for that. That's money. We That's $600 million increase that we can't use for education, for infrastructure, and in other areas. So, I mean, I, I appreciate you even seeing that. But that's the good thing about WGNS, where you can have a conversation uh, without the somebody trying to counsel you, you know? Representative Sparks on the air with us. I'm curious, have you visited any of the prisons, uh, you know, in the last couple of years here in Tennessee? And yes. if so, what types of changes are you seeing in the type of inmate that is being housed at the prisons in Tennessee? Well, you know, I, I'm glad you asked that. I, I was torn a women's prison. It was it was a couple of years ago, and and I just went over and started talking to to a couple of the, the, the ladies that were in there, and one of them was from my district. That was very ironic. I call those God wink moments, and and the girl had a car wreck, and um, I think she lived out in, near um, 
our parents were out near the Amelville area, Amelville Road, and doctor prescribed her uh, some of those drugs that she got hooked on. And so much of that um, is drug addiction. But, you know, Scott, if you go back and really look at the root of the problem, like something like Dr. Deming would have done. You know, Dr. Deming was brilliant. He was the one that turned around the Japanese economy. If you go back and study him and, and the Japanese culture, uh, that problem-solving, you know, you dig down deep, probably 80% of those females, uh, a lot of them were sexually abused. And it's something we don't talk about as a culture. It's not comfortable for me to talk about. Um, but that's why I'm saying, can, can you look at it a different way? Can you get them counseling? Can you get them therapy? What else can be done? I mean, just I'm going through the sheriff's academy now. We just toured the jail, and we're, we're and we could look down from the from the correctional officer post where she's the platform. And I made the comment to the correctional officer, who is female, and I said, "How many of those women out there you think you know have a drug and alcohol problem?" She said, "Oh." I said, what, 70% show, probably 90%, 90%. And then even the correctional officer, and I hope Sheriff Fitzhugh or uh, Chief Henderson or Lowry don't have a problem with me saying this on the air, but, but even the guard herself, the correctional officer herself, told me, she said, you know, I lost a brother um, to suicide last year because uh, his wife overdosed, and then he ended up committing suicide, left three kids behind. And then there, so now we got grandparents raising those kids, because of a correlation between suicide and and drug addiction, um, and the, the sheriff's office, I got to give them a, some, some some props because they've got that stop program that they've implemented with Sergeant Davis and I believe it's um, Deputy Price, great guys that are trying to help people that are battling addiction on the streets. Um, and I know you've always cared about addiction and. and helping folks like that. So those, those would be some good guys to get on the air, by the way. You know, it seems like so many problems for adults out there, they started somewhere in childhood, uh, be it a, a parent maybe committed suicide or, yes. uh, or they were sexually abused or they grew up in a home filled with domestic violence. But so many yes. problems for adults today, they actually have a root in their childhood. And a lot of adults don't realize that but they may realize it in the near future if they seek counseling and try to figure out what's going on with with whatever problem they have today. Yes. Well, I think that's, Scott, where, where faith comes in. And I know some people may not be able to grasp that. They, but I was right. I mean, like my mom here, she's, you know, slowing down, having to pick her up, put her on the commode. You know, and there's an old book that my wife used to read to my kids, and it was something like, you know, I love you when you're little, and then you, you know, you still love them, you still love them, and then that child that the mama carrying is now carrying the mama, and it's kind of like, you know, my situation right right now, because you know the nursing homes, man, they will clean your clock, and uh, my mom doesn't want to be in there. I think she's in her final days, maybe weeks, and she's miserable. She's ready to move on out of this world. But my mom's a strong woman of faith. Uh, I mean, I grew up in the Catholic Church, St. Rose, and my mom was like Pentecostal on the front row of the Catholic Church. I mean, raising hands. We were always in, in, in church. I mean, even though I've been a little bit of a wild child, she was always a praying mama. And um, and I mean, I, all those scriptures, all that drilling in my head, you know, you have not because you ask not, all that has stuck with me over the years. But I was fortunate to have a mom 
of faith. You think of how many kids today, you know, whether they're raised in the rural area, the country, the inner city, suburban, wherever, they may not have had those opportunities to be in church, to um, to have a, 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 a father in the household, a mom in the household, you know. So I think the breakdown of the, of the, of the family is one of the areas that we're seeing a rise of these problems. Definitely. Again, State Representative Mike Sparks is on the air with us this morning. We only have, well, right around a minute and a half left. So as yeah. we close this morning, what what would you say to those listening to wrap it up? Well, I, I think, you know, if you care about the drug court, if you care about these issues, uh, or whatever issue it is, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's a need for a red light on Thompson Lane and Leanna that Brian uh, stays on me about. It's not my district, by the way. It's, it's Charlie Bob. So call, call Charlie, 741-1100. He's a great guy. He's also he's also chairman of finance. So Charlie has, holds a purse ring, just like John Bragg did back in the day. You know, John Bragg was a powerful player. Uh, Charlie Baum has a lot of influence when it comes to uh, the funding. You know, Cameron Sexton was in, the Speaker of the House was in uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, Judge Jimmy Turner uh, and spoke to the inmate, uh, spoke to those that's, that went through the um, drug court, the graduates, and I think expanded drug courts is something that can help us. I think advocating for, like, the STOP program for more mental health areas, and Brian Hercules talked to him the other day that the chief's, Kevin Arnold just retired. Dave got somebody I think they're going to bring on or they're interviewing now. Uh, so, you know, the area of mental health, I think people get it. At least Rutherford County gets it. Barry Tidwell gets it. Judge Eyshide, um, uh and other uh, McFarland and others, they seem to get it. And I think our sheriff, Mike Fitzhugh, gets it too. So thank you for your time, Scott. Yeah, definitely. Again, State Representative Mike Sparks, who is in the Smyrna area, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. And if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, they can call me on my cell, 525-3198, 525-3198. Scott. Sounds good. Take care. Time right now, 1048. You're listening to WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947. We've got more news, more local information, and more updates to different stories and also the weather all coming your way next and also we'll update you on the latest obituaries for right here in Rutherford County. Stay with us. Time again right now, 1048. Rutherford Issues on News Radio WGNS.